Hello, church, and welcome to New Beginnings Church Online. We're so excited you're here with us this weekend to join us online for our week 11 of our foundation series. This year, we started talking about foundations in the beginning of the year, and we are on week 11. And I am super excited to be the one to share this message with you because I believe that it's such an integral part of our foundation. And like I said, since the beginning of the year, we've been talking about our foundation and the necessity of building a strong foundation, being a wise builder and really building those pieces of a strong foundation. And two of the things we talked about was how um, a foundation supports the load of a structure and provides for future expansion. And whatever capacity God wants to expand your life, whether it's through your love walk, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in your faith, anything that God wants to do, it's really important that we, you can only build something from a strong foundation. And the other definition of uh, or purpose for a foundation is a strong foundation keeps the building stable and standing when the forces of nature wreak havoc. And, you know, in our culture today and in our world today, there's so much deception. There's so much that's pressing on the family, on our beliefs, on our faith, and really trying to rob those things and really break up the foundation of our life and really um, pull out, cause us to pull out what we believe and abandon the truths that the Bible gives gives us. And so it's really important that we know what we believe and that we're walking out and, and building this strong foundation that God desires for us to build. And this week, we're, as we talk about forgiveness, I really believe, or we really believe that this is one of the most important pieces of having a strong foundation. Throughout this message, I will be sharing on some of my testimony of working with women in addiction recovery, because it was there that I really got to see the value and in the importance that not only receiving forgiveness for ourselves, but also giving that forgiveness, the power that forgiveness was in their healing, in their recovery, in restoration, seeing God restore things. Forgiveness was so important. And when I started working um, in addiction recovery back in 2019, I remember thinking, my goodness, we talk so much about forgiveness. And I'm a very mercy motivated person. And so um, if you know me, I, I'm just very mercy motivated. And so I just really never studied a lot on forgiveness. And so when I started working in addiction recovery, I thought, my gosh, we're always talking about forgiveness with these women. But as I began to listen to their stories, and as I began to see how so many of them had plunged into addiction because of the pain that they experienced from being mishandled, from being wounded, from being hurt um, by people, I realized why forgiveness was such an important part of our foundation and such an integral part of healing. So today, if you are in need of healing, if you're in need um, of things, maybe, maybe you feel stuck, I really want to encourage you to look up and look and see and really go out on the inside and see if forgiveness is something that whether it's, it's that you need to receive God's forgiveness or give God's forgiveness because it's so important to every aspect of our lives. And so I wanted to use a little visual this morning to really show you how um, God 
calls us to so many things. He calls us to have, to have a powerful prayer life. He calls us to have godly, flourishing relationships. He calls us to walk in faith and in love. He calls us um, he, to, to walk in, in physical and emotional healing. Those are part, parts of the things that God desires for us that they're part of our inheritance as believers. But many times we have a really hard time accessing many of these things and walking these things out. You know, we're called to freedom, but then we find ourselves in addiction. We, we, um, we're called to walk out um, our purpose and our destiny. And then sometimes we find ourselves really battling fear, things like that. And I want to encourage you um, and, and show you this really, uh, this was kind of like the visual the Lord gave me is I want you to think about, you know, when I go to bed at night, this little lamp here, I plug it in, right? And, um, and it powers up so I can read because I'm a reader. I love to read. And then usually I will plug in my phone. Um, so that's powered up at night. I usually don't power up the diffuser, but this was a lot nicer than bringing my big fan at home, which I do power up. And so what I do is I plug them into a power strip at home at night when I go to bed. And so I expect that when I plug it into this power strip, this power strip will empower or give life, give that power to all of these things so that I can benefit from using this lamp and, and reading at night so I can benefit from my phone getting charged and I can benefit from that fan going at night. And most of the time we put that fan on because our dog in the corner likes to lick his little paws and we'll hear that in the middle of the night. So my husband's like, put on the fan. So we wanna be walk, receiving those blessings, but there's something that's powering that. And that power strip is powering those things to be able to work. And so I wanna encourage you that, Forgiveness, I want you to see forgiveness as this power strip. And forgiveness is the thing that will empower your prayer life. So our prayer life is connected. Think of this connection as your prayer life because the Bible says that if you forgive anyone, when you stand praying, if, if, if it's not working, when you stand, look and see, do you, is there anyone you need to forgive? And our relationship with God that is another area that gets powered by forgiveness because I want you to think about this. In our relationship with God, if we didn't receive God's forgiveness and we were not walking in the power of that forgiveness, of receiving that forgiveness, we would never be able to go to God with, with boldness because we'd have condemnation. We would, shame would be a barrier. So forgiveness empowers us to be able to receive what God has and forgiveness um, empowers us to be able to walk in all that God has. It's the power source of us walking in optimal health. It's the power source of us walking in a boosted immune system. A boosted immune system is actually connected to people who walk in forgiveness. And a, 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 it will wreak havoc on your immune system when you're not walking in forgiveness. Moving forward with your life, that gets empowered by forgiveness. Our peace and our joy and our faith life, all of those things get powered and turn on through 
forgiveness. So that's why forgiveness is such a vital part of our foundation because it empowers everything. Our prayer life will not work without walking in forgiveness. Our relationship with God, he even tells us that if we don't forgive, he won't forgive us. Like our, our relationship with God is affected by whether or not we're receiving as well as giving forgiveness. So every area of our lives gets impacted by this very vital gift of forgiveness that God has given us. And so I want you to just open your heart as we continue to kind of walk this out. So I want you to realize that when we refuse to forgive, we refuse all of these good things that God has for us. So when we refuse and we turn the power off um, on this power strip, all the things that are connected and that, that forgiveness affects, we also refuse those things when we refuse forgiveness. But when we activate forgiveness and we, and just like we activate that power strip, we activate all of those good things that God has for our lives. Amen. So um, what is forgiveness? And forgiveness basically is a legal term and it's a decision and an act of the will to pardon, acquit another of an offense, to cancel a debt. Um, It's the act of basically releasing someone who's guilty of a crime or wrongdoing from facing punishment. That's basically what it means to forgive. You are releasing someone that owes you a debt. You're just releasing them. And I really think one of the greatest scriptures for us to look at is in um, Matthew 18, 21, and it is called the parable, the unforgiving servant. And I want to say this, as I share the scripture, I really want you to think about um, the fact that we do live in a world that's broken and people are hurt. And we all know the saying, hurt people, hurt people. So even if you're not in the place right now where you feel like there's no one I need to forgive, I want you to really take this message and take this truth and tuck it in your heart because we live in a world that we will get mishandled. We will get abused by people. And so somewhere along the line, it's really going to be important for you to really have the truth of this message in your heart. So Matthew 18, 21, um, it says, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven, seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven, 70 times seven, that's 490 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like, so here he's giving them a little picture. Here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. So he owed 10,000 talents, but as he was not able to pay, so he owes this money, he owes this debt, but he was not able to pay. He was not able to pay. His master commanded him that he would be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant, listen to this, he was moved with compassion. He released him, there it is, that releasing, and forgave him the debt, okay? So here he was, he owed this man, owes this master a debt, 
and the, the master knows there is just no way he can pay this. And so he releases him because why? He was compassionate. He had mercy on him and he released him of this debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid his hand on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and they came and told their master all that had been done. And the master, after all he had, and, and his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that he was due him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother, his trespasses. So I want you to see that God had such mercy. This master had mercy because this man could not pay a debt. And I remember um, reading this story. I remember um, in July of 2019, I was sitting um, at the table with these women um, at Keswick where I worked in addiction recovery and my um, coordinator was going to be going away and she wanted me to sit in on her class in forgiveness so that when she was away, I could teach her class. And I remember her sharing this story. And I remember when she shared this story, she started to go through what it meant to be merciful and to relieve a debt that someone could not pay to release someone from a debt that they could not pay. And I remember she was going through what's called reach forgiveness. It's by Dr. Worthington, a man who um, his family was killed and God really walked him through how to really walk through forgiveness. And it's spelled reach. It's an acronym. And when she got to the letter A, she said, just like this story in the parable of the unforgiving servant, she said, we give someone, forgiveness is giving someone a gift that they don't deserve. I'm sorry, A stands for altruistic. So she said, A is giving them an altruistic gift. In other words, we give people a gift. When we forgive, we give them a gift that they do not deserve. And when she said that, I remember sitting in the chair. I remember where I was sitting and I remember feeling the presence of God literally go from my feet all the way up and welled up in me. And I started to cry sitting at the table as she was teaching this class. And it was at that moment that I realized that forgiveness was not just a part of our Christian walk. Forgiveness was the good news of the gospel. It was in that moment that I realized that we too have been sinners. And that's really what this message is about. That's really what this passage of scripture is about. Getting us to see that we, in that moment, I realized we are those individuals who also have sinned against God. But in his mercy, he gave us a gift that we didn't deserve. He released all of our debts. He released all of our debts. And it was at that moment that I realized this is the good news of the gospel. This is the heart of God. And this is the heart of the gospel that a sinful people who sinned against God owed this debt that they never could pay. 
and he gave us mercy. That is the good news. That's the good news. And as I started to process this, I realized that part of the reason why it was such good news is because in 1 John 1, 9, it says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. What does that mean? That means that this gift of forgiveness that God gives us and wants us to give to others, this gift of forgiveness, literally, if we did not have forgiveness, if God didn't release us from our debt, we would be crushed under the weight of shame. We would be crushed under a burden that God never intended for us to bear. Imagine all of the sin that we've ever done. Imagine you can look and think about the sin that you've done. Imagine having to live in the consequences, the shame, the condemnation, the guilt, the burden of sin. You can never do it. And that's why it's such the mercy of God that he released us from our debt so that we don't have to live with that. I want to read a little note that I saw just yesterday um, by Abby Johnson. She used to work in the abortion industry. And she says that, I, I love this. She posted it on Facebook and it was so timely because I was preparing for this message. Um, it said, if the idea that a former abortion worker can live a life of freedom apart from shame and guilt makes you squirm, then it's you who needs a heart check. God is too big to allow us to live in the shame and condemnation of our past. His mercy too abundant for us to live in bondage. His forgiveness is available for everything and anything you've done. He holds nothing back from us. You are not your sin or transgressions. When you know the Lord, you are his and you know peace and mercy. And so this is a wonderful beautiful love story of God that you and I get to be a recipient of and we get to give to others. And that is the most beautiful thing that we get to be part of this beautiful story of love and mercy that God wants to continue to, to share and to write. He wants to continue to write his story through us. And so because we are the most forgiven people we should also be the most forgiving people. Did you hear that? Because we've been the most forgiven, we should be the most forgiving people. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. He says, to be Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. And when we realize that we too have broken our relationship with God and he released us from this debt, we will be more apt to give mercy because we know we've been given mercy as well. And so, no, you know, I wanted to say no activity in the Christian life is more closely aligned with the heart and the love of God around Christ's forgiveness, around Christ's sacrifice on the cross than forgiveness. And we get to be like him. We get to model our savior. We get to model the heart of God. And so when accessing forgiveness for ourselves, as well as giving forgiveness. Sometimes we do run into some obstacles. And so the rest of the message, I want to just share a few obstacles for us and how to navigate through that so we can walk out forgiveness, both as a recipient and giving that forgiveness. So number one is we make a choice to forgive. And I love the message translation of Colossians 3, 12. It says this, 
So chosen by God for this new life of love, amen? We're chosen by God to, to just walk the same way that he did. Um, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place. Here it is, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. There it is. Because we've received that mercy and because we've been the most forgiven people, we now extend that forgiveness and mercy. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's the all, it's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. So forgiveness is a choice. We make a choice to forgive. We make a decision that this gift and this beautiful gift of undeserved, um, this undeserved gift of mercy and forgiveness um, is a decision. We make a decision to give this gift to people and we make the choice to receive the forgiveness of God. And so I want, here's why I want to make a distinction. I want you to realize that a lot of people will say, well, um, when I forgive, will it be like, okay, I don't think about it anymore. No, that's not, that, that is not forgiveness. Forgiveness, you know that you forgive when you've made a decision to forgive. Now, because this forgiveness and emotional healing are two very different things. And I want you to get that. That was a big game changer for me when I realized that I make a decision to forgive, but sometimes the wounds that have been inflicted on me from someone else through the pain of what someone has done to me, that takes a healing. And so forgiveness is a decision. Emotional healing is a process. So there are two different things. However, your decision to forgive always starts the ball rolling on your healing, on your healing. And if you need healing, whether it's physical healing, emotional healing today, I'm telling you, this could be a missing piece for you and an answer of prayer that you've been standing on believing God for healing. And so um, we make a decision based on, it's an act of our will to decide to forgive someone. And again, it takes time for that. The damage that, is, that sin of people's actions afflicted on us or that we have afflicted on others, that's the process of healing that we go through. But again, we make a decision to forgive. A decision to forgive is also, I want you to also recognize this. It's important to separate our, our healing as we walk through this forgiveness from people's choices. In other words, we do not have to wait for someone to apologize or anything like that to forgive them. We do not have to wait for someone to apologize to start the healing process of how they may have wounded us. Forgiveness is a choice. It's between you and God or between us and God. And so what other people have decided to do or not to do, well, does, does not affect whether or not you heal. We heal based, we, we forgive based on the command in the word of God to do it. And we do it based on a decision, not a feeling. And so I want to address one other thing also. The other thing that's really important um, to remember is that a decision to forgive does take just you and God. And that is very different than reconciliation because reconciliation takes two people. In other words, again, I make this decision to forgive. I walk this out with God. I release that person. Reconciliation takes two people. It takes me releasing them, but it also takes that person being repentive 
on their end and then building that trust back up for reconciliation. So forgiveness does not equal reconciliation and people mix that up so much of the time. Forgiveness is a decision. Um, I love this quote. It says, let yourself find peace with the apology that's never coming. Even if it comes, it would never be enough and it doesn't hold your healing. You have a choice to make with your healing today. And so I encourage you, Make that decision. A great way to reinforce your commitment that you have made a decision to forgive, you can do something tangible. You can like make a certificate, put it and hang it up or just put something in your journal. Some people may write something on a balloon and have the balloon fly away. Take a rock, throw a rock in a, like a lake or a river. You can do something tangible, connected to saying, I made this decision on this day to release this person. And then I started to walk it out, get an accountability partner, something like that. You can do a tangible thing. So I want to encourage you that number two, the next thing you it's, that's important to do is invite God into the process. Um, first Peter two twenty three says this, who, when he was reviled, meaning Jesus, he did not revile in return when he suffered he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. He committed himself to God. In other words, he invited God into his process. Jesus did. And um, Psalm 5.3 in the message says this, every morning, you'll hear me at it again. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on your altar and watch for fire to descend. What we want to do is when you make a decision to forgive, as you walk through that process of healing for yourself with God, you want to, number one, I'm just wanting to remind you, make that decision to forgive. Number two, we want to invite God in. And what that looks like is you want to draw near to God and you want to give him access to your heart. And here's why God wants to be your comforter. He wants to come in and comfort whatever broken places you may have in your heart. He wants to come in and be with you in the pain because only God can bring healing to those broken places that you've experienced after being hurt by someone or even after you have hurt someone else. And so you want to invite him in as your healer. You want to invite him in as your comforter. You want to open your heart in a very transparent, a very honest way, especially as you're walking out healing from being hurt or being wounded because you cannot, you can only be as healed as you are honest with God. And so you want to just open your heart up for honesty with the Lord. The other thing is as you allow God to come in, he can also show you areas where maybe you had a part to play in a situation that took place with someone. You know, um, sometimes we say, well, you know, it was all the other person but I want you to think about the fact that there are times that even if the other person has 98% responsibility in a situation, there still may be 2% that's your responsibility. And we have to take responsibility for our 2%. We take 100% responsibility for our 2%. And so the Lord may want to walk you through some of those things. So invite him in. Don't isolate yourself from the Lord. He wants to walk with you um, and he wants you to be dependent on him as you walk this process. So again, some of the obstacles and some of the, um, we, we do see some obstacles sometimes in really 
receiving and giving God's forgiveness. And as we walk through them, we want to remember forgiveness is a decision that we make. It's a choice we make. Healing is a process. We want to um, invite God in to the process as we continue our healing journey from um, whatever wounds that, whether, that we've um, experienced due to a situation. And number three, we want to hold on to hope. And I love this because Jesus is our hope. And we don't want the, we don't want to let the devil convince you that because you were mishandled or abused or because you abused or mishandled other people, that your life will be second rate now, that you won't live a good life anymore. Don't let the enemy um, just steal your future from you. And so as we hold on to hope and as we hold on to forgiveness and walk this process, this is the beautiful, beautiful piece. We get to see what life looks like in the hands of our Redeemer. And let me explain what that means. God is a healer. God is a restorer. God is a redeemer. And when we hold on to hope, we get to see that everything that has happened in our life, God takes the pain and, he, and he'll turn it into purpose. When we keep our eyes on God and we hold on to hope, we find that nothing in our life will get wasted that God will always redeem every loss. God will redeem every pain. God will redeem every wound. And I want to encourage you to think about the fact that God started in the garden in this perfect, beautiful world. He created us perfect. He created us with nothing lacking, shalom, wholeness, nothing broken. And then from creation, the fall came. And we, this fallen world that we live in, what did God do? He sent Jesus to redeem us back to that place in the garden. And even when we've been trampled on, or even when we've been through a life and we've trampled on others, God wants to take your pain and he wants to redeem it because he is the redeemer. It's his covenant with us to redeem us back to that place, to redeem the losses, to redeem the lost time, to redeem the things that we thought were gonna just crush our lives. God redeems those. And so I wanna go um, to a scripture um, in Isaiah 61, and it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news. And this is talking about Jesus to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. Here it is, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified and they shall rebuild the old ruins. He rebuilds. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. And today, if you have found that you, your life has been wrecked by something maybe you have done 
um, or someone else has done to you, I want you to know today that God has the last word. God has the last word, and that's the good news because only God, only God gets to say what your future looks like. And, and this, is a, this is the powerful thing. No one that has mishandled you or hurt you gets to label you anymore, gets to limit you, gets to define or dictate your future. Only God does. And that is so powerful that no matter what you walk through, God will redeem it. And I want to share um, a, a, a story um, as we get ready to close in just a minute. One of the most powerful things um, in working in addiction recovery that I got to see is I got to really sit with these women. I got to sit with these women and I watched them come in broken, broken as anything, broken because of the things that people had done to them and broken because the ones that came in there out of the pain that they experienced hurt others. I've got to see some of them who didn't have um, custody of their children, grandmothers who were in their 60s, who couldn't see their grandchildren because they had DWIs and their alcohol issues were so bad. Do you know what it's like to come in like that so broken? And I would watch these women that were so courageous because they would give their hearts, they would walk through that process of I'm making decision to forgive. I'm inviting God in the process and surrendering to him along the way. And I would watch that as time went and as that six months, because they lived there six, seven months, at the end of their time, when they would get ready to leave, God began to already restore the relationships with their children. God began to change um, the way that they interacted with other people and their family. I got to see God redeem the respect and their honor that had been lost because so many of them had wreckage that they had caused due to their pain that they can never go back and change. And for God to be so merciful to forgive that and then redeem it, redeem it, redeem all of the pain. And this is the most beautiful thing. When we come out of that, we become carriers of God's hope. When we hold on to hope and we see God redeem, we now become a carrier of hope because part of your healing and my healing and part of our purpose is when we can see the pain that we've walked through on this earth and God take it and use it now to comfort someone else. I love this. Um, it is just so powerful. I love this quote by Stephanie Tucker. She says, you receiving and giving God's forgiveness will be a beautiful tapestry in his story and become a testimony of God's power and love. We become carriers of God's hope. We are proof of the miracle that God can do in the heart of someone who has been bruised and broken. And so we then become a carrier of hope for others. We experience the purposes of God in healing because now we get to walk by someone who's in the same place that we were. And that is the most beautiful story of redemption that God wants to write through us. And so today I want to ask you, what is holding you back from forgiving? As we close this message and we come to a close, 
I want you to think about you have a choice today. You can remain stuck. You can remain sick. You can have all of these things that we talked about turned off and not walk in any of them because you're not going to turn on forgiveness or you can turn on forgiveness and see everything that God has activated in your life. Today, it's important for us to remember that we can't do it in our own strength. We make this journey depending on God and we make it empowered by God's grace and the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to share a story as we close because I want to pray for you today. Because one of the most difficult things God asks us to do is forgive. It's, it's not easy to do it. That's why he gives us the power to do it. I want to close with this story. Um, it's a story of a woman named Corrie Ten Boom, and she was um, in the Nazi concentration camps. Um, and her family, um, many of her family were uh, killed. And she lived, and she was a believer. And she said this, um, years later, she was at a church and she said, I saw him at a church service in Munich. He was a former guard. Suddenly it was all there. The room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing and Betsy's pain. His hand was thrust out to shake mine. And I, who so often preached to others, the need to forgive, kept my hand at my side. The angry, vengeful thoughts of what these people had done boiled through me. Jesus had died for this man. Would I ask anything more? Lord Jesus, forgive me and help me forgive this man. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing, not a spark of charity. So I breathed a sigh and again said, Jesus, I can't forgive. Give me your forgiveness. As I took my hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him. While in my heart, a love for this man sprung up and overwhelmed me, I realized that it is not our forgiveness any more than our goodness that the world's healing hinges, but on his. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives us along with the command, the love itself. And so today I want to pray for you. Why don't you just bow your head? Father, I thank you for those that are watching. I thank you, Father God, for the ones that have come here, Father, looking for an answer to why things have not been working. And Father, I thank you that you just gave them an answer to their prayer, Father God, that they've been harboring unforgiveness, Lord. And so first of all, I want to pray for those who have been having such a hard time receiving your forgiveness. Father, I thank you that they would receive what Jesus has done on the cross. Father, that they would see that everything that they have done was put upon Jesus. The debt that they could never pay, no matter how hard they tried, you put that on Jesus so that they can go free. And I thank you that they receive that freedom today, that they receive what Jesus has done today, and they walk free. Father, just as 1 John 1, 9 says, that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us, but also, Lord, you cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You would cleanse them of the ick. You would cleanse them of the residue that sin has stamped on them. 
Father, I thank you that they receive it. And Father, thank you for the ones that have been having such a hard time forgiving. Lord, let them tap into the power of God to receive that power to release forgiveness. And Father, I thank you that you would just every area Father God, not only that they would just make that decision and you would empower them to do it, but Father, I thank you that it would begin the healing process, the healing process of every place that they have been wounded in their hearts. Father, thank you that you are a healer, that you heal every broken place for those that are on this, um, hearing this message. Father, that everything the enemy has meant for evil, that you will turn it around. And when it the hand of the redeemer touches it, Father, that you redeem everything broken and you bring wholeness, healing, healing to their physical body in the name of Jesus, healing emotionally in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you that as they walk this, Father God, that even today they will look outside and it will look different for them. And so, Father, we thank you for this beautiful gift of healing, for this beautiful gift that you've given us to be able to walk in freedom, to be able to have our prayers answered, to be able to enjoy a beautiful relationship with you and others. Lord, thank you for not withholding this gift. Thank you for the power that is in this gift. We receive it today in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that if there's anyone on this message today watching, Father God, that wherever they are, if they've never received Jesus, he is mercy personified. He is forgiveness personified that they would receive him today into their hearts, have a personal relationship with him and be able to walk in the destiny that you've called them to. In Jesus name, we thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We love you um, and pray that you walk in this truth of God's word, the command to forgive and that you see the blessings that God has attached to that. We love you. Have a blessed day.